This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, moving on. How, how about Alvin Kamara? He's teasing ahead that he's going to give the fans an update August 2nd, which would indicate that he's probably going to meet with the commissioner at some point here between now and August 2nd. Uh, he was facing a felony battery charge, pled out to a misdemeanor. Um, so what what is his suspension and in, 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 you know penalties look like from the commissioner's office? We're going to find out apparently pretty soon if we if we believe what Alvin Kamara is saying uh, in New Orleans. They, they've got a couple of running backs there that, you know, again, you, you get hyped up for Kendra Miller if you want. Uh, don't know. Uh, but uh, Alvin Kamara, again, one, one of the best in the league uh, when he's right. And it's weird because I don't know if he was right last year or if the Saints were just kind of moving away from him because – you really look at his usage last year, and it just like wasn't oh, quite it made the no same. Sense. Uh, it, it first of all, yeah. I mean, c- can you throw Alvin Kamara the ball? I, I just, <laughs> what, <laughs> on a team bereft of pass catchers, your game plan does not feature throwing Alvin Kamara the ball. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like, uh, what are we doing out here? You you know what I mean? Like, he saw seventy seven targets in twenty twenty two, which is fine. Um, but I mean, again, uh, the, the drop off from like 2020 when he saw, you know, he, look, he saw hundred, one Oh five, 97, one Oh seven. Right. And then in 2021, he saw 67 and in 2022, he saw 77, but like get this guy, the ball more in space. And the other thing I'll say too, Matt is why, why were they running this guy between the tackles so much? Like I didn't understand that yeah. part of it at all. And I, I just feel like there must be some disconnect between Kamara, the player he is right now, and the coaching staff. Obviously, we know Sean Payton uh, basically quit on the team uh, and then, you know, went to retire, fake retire for a year to go to go choose where he is. Um, right. Sean Payton's a little right. bit on my radar. I love Sean Payton. But he's a little bit mm-hmm. on my radar right now uh, about this, this whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, he leaves the team and then obviously Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, who's been the offensive coordinator forever, is, is the offensive coordinator now, but he's obviously got more a hand in it now that Sean Payton's gone. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the usage there wasn't the same, like we said. And, and it, must, it seemed like there must have been some disconnect between uh, Kamara and the team. And then this offseason, they didn't just spend uh, like uh, resources to get one guy. They got two guys, like you said. Yep. Kendra Miller in the draft. Jonathan uh, Jamal Williams in, in free agency. Yep, so. Yep. Even when if Kamara is suspended, I get it. They'll have a one-two punch there theoretically, but even when he's back, like 
are they going to use all three of these guys? Um, is it going to be a point like to, if he gets suspended where, you know what, Alvin, like you're a franchise legend. Um, you, you, uh, have been a great player, you know, Scott Barrett from fantasy points put out this graphic today that he like leads the NFL by a good bit in fantasy points per touch since the NFL merger, which I know that's not like a perfect wow. encapsulation of, um, play but i mean damn right. it obviously he's doing something right <laughs> you know uh, so <laughs> right. i i just like jamal williams is a pretty good back he's a good veteran like miller has a lot of upside um and i i really have am coming around on the saints offense in general like i'm i'm i know that that sounds kind of crazy but I'm, I'm coming around to this being a really really good offense if if all things hit so i'm c- kind of just confused as to how they're going to use all three of these backs well it's got it all i mean the offense it's going to go by their quarterback, right? If Derek Carr is good, then this, uh, you know, not that this the, the Saints offense will take off, but um, you talk about some of the, you know, you've got Chris Olave there with Derek Carr. Uh, that's a that's a great foundation. And if Alvin Kamara comes back and is is suspended for uh, just a handful of games or whatever it might be, um, second half uh, for the Saints team. And, and I mean, let's be real, Matt. They, the NFC South's wide. I mean, it is wide yeah. open. Absolutely wide open. So whatever you think about this offense, they're going to be in the running, um, at least early on anyways, uh, for an NFC South crown in a potential playoff spot, man. I just think Chris Olave could be the type of guy that like he could have a Justin Jefferson type of impact for for the Saints, really. Like I think he could be that good because he's such a good route runner. Uh, He's such a good separator. Obviously, he's not you know, the best after catch receiver. We've talked about that, but um, man, he's just so good in that intermediate area. And the connection that Devonte Adams and Derek Carr had on like dig routes and out routes, like those are some of Chris Olave's best routes in that intermediate area. And like, if he's a 90 catch 1300 yard guy this year, that wouldn't surprise me. And then it's like, you know, they got other threats too. They have Michael Thomas. If he's out there, I mean, obviously, you know, who knows if Michael Thomas will be out there and how long he can stay out there. But I really like Rashid Shahid. I like the running backs. They're pretty deep at tight end. They got Juwan Johnson who flashed last year. Foster Moreau has played with, uh, with Derek Carr, obviously in, in, uh, in Vegas. I mean, they brought back Jimmy Graham, which is kind of weird, but oh Jimmy what? Graham is there. What is that? What is that? What, I where did know. that come from? That just was the most like head scratching move in the. I'm like, what? J- Jimmy Graham is he still in the league? Like, what is going on? He wasn't Jimmy in the league Graham. last year. That's <laughs> but crazy. He is now. That's insane. That's just that is just bananas. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, by the way, I just want to talk about uh, very quickly, and we'll move on. But Alvin Kamara, his um, his usage as a running back, just pure running back. And again, I thought they could have used him more as a wide receiver too. But um, Kamara's usage as a running back between the tackles, fifty point two percent of his carries went between the tackles. Right? Um, that was <clears throat> from a percentage wise, it was top thirty uh, in the NFL. But they utilized him very similar to the way that Houston utilized Damian Pierce as like this, like early down thumper Mm -hmm. of a running back. And it just, to me, just you look at Alvin Kamara's, you know, speed and skill set. get this guy to the outside, man, Dennis, I'll figure out a way, get this guy to the outside. His outside run percentage should be closer to, you know, some of the, you know, top dudes in the league, you know? And, And when you look at some of these top guys, I mean, they're running outside a lot right so like i'd love to see his outside run percentage you know somewhere in like the 60 to 70 
uh, percent range. I mean, Dalvin Cook, for example, Nick Chubb ran outside on 85% of his carries. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook outside 75% of his carries. Um, that's what you want. I mean, Brees Hall, 60, 66% of his carries went to the outside. That's what you want uh, from a, an explosive athlete. That's how you get big old chunk plays. Now, it does sometimes lead to some negative plays too, some stuffs. Uh, but overall, when you get a guy like Alvin Kamara getting to the outside, it puts a lot of stress on that defense. That's why when I watch him play, I didn't understand the usage for Alvin Kamara at all. I mean, there's again, they're treating him like he's Damian Pierce, some like, you know, battering ram down the middle. I just to me, it just I, I didn't understand what the hell the Saints were doing. Yeah, weird, too, because, again, it's all the same coaching staff just without Sean Payton and, and their usage right. for um, a foundation player and that's why i think there must have been some just weird tension between player and team and and i don't know if that tension has evaporated i can't imagine that a suspension is going to make that any better uh but they certainly added a lot of running backs this offseason and that has to make you intrigued hey everyone this is brett boone would you know it i've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year tune in as i sit down with my friends some of the biggest names in sports media entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations as you know baseball's been my life it's been in the family for a long time but it's a lot more than that here it's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can a running back stay healthy in Seattle? That is a oh. legitimately like I'm legitimately asking this question. Matt Harmon. Both rookie Zach Charbonnet, who is now out indefinitely with a shoulder injury, which for a running back is never good. Okay, and Kenneth Walker III, who's also out indefinitely. And again, remember, Rashad Penny uh, suffered a season-ending injury. It just seems like every single year it's a season-ending injury. Chris Carson had to retire because of a neck injury. Come on, what is going on? These guys in Seattle, they legitimately cannot stay healthy. I just, I don't understand what is going on in Seattle, man. A big reason why I think they drafted Zach Charbonnet, too. You know, it was kind of a surprising pick in the second round after they had taken yep. Kenneth Walker in the second round last year. I think a big reason why they took that guy is that I think he, they were wanted him to kind of help out in the screen game and be a bit more of a receiver than Kenneth Walker is. I think he's also like a steady grinder type, whereas Ken Walker is probably a bit more boom bust. Uh, but I mean, part of it was just like, look, we need to have other options because Walker dealt with injuries as a rookie. Uh, like you mentioned, yep. you know, Rashad Penny started the year hot because Kenneth Walker was banged up coming into the year. And then uh, he was the starter, but he missed, I think it missed at least one game after becoming the starter. And then, you know, it just, it's like, okay, yeah, we need another change up here. We need another option. And then th- this guy, Zach Charbonnet gets hurt. So I don't know. It's kind of a shame because I really, I mean, look, maybe these aren't going to be long-term injuries. We'll see how long they're out. Pete Carroll also, by the way, famously unreliable when it comes to projecting how long guys are going to be out. But we both think this, we talked about with Derek class on the last episode. We think this offense could be like a top five offense this year because it has receiving talent. It has, you know, Gino's performance is legit. The offensive line I think is underrated, but like part of it too, is that both of these running backs are, I think good in different ways and provide a a, a counterpunch when the passing game is not there for Seattle. So um, not a good start uh, to that particular duo's uh, projection, especially because they're probably in a straight up battle to see who's going to get more touches. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. I think they'll I think they'll try to utilize him 50-50. And again, this kind of goes back to the Rashad Penny. They spent a first-round draft pick on Rashad Penny because again, that's how much uh, Seattle values the run game and basically again that you can make fun of Pete Carroll all you want okay and I get you know he's he's an old dude with a young soul but plays a little boomer ball right like he wants to establish the run he does that's what he wants yeah, he to do he wants to play good defense and establish the run um, and who are we to say he's wrong I mean honestly last year was I thought just a big middle finger to all those folks who said let Russ cook you know what totally. I mean? Like this guy came out and absolutely just middle fingers, guns blazing and just said, nope, <laughs> nah, like, no, this is Pete Carroll's offense. This is what we do. This is what we do philosophically. Uh, and and he was right. You know, he was right. By the way, all those people who said let Russ cook, um, I did not see an apology at any point <laughs> from a lot of these folks, you know, like where's the Pete Carroll apology? That's what I want to know. Where, where was the Pete Carroll apology? Uh, as you were blasting the old man uh, into the sun in 2020 uh, back in the day. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, in Denver, how about Tim Patrick? He was carted off. Oh, um, yeah. This one, this one sounds bad. Uh, feared to be a left-torn Achilles. Uh, he missed all of last year with a torn right ACL. I mean, ah, you just you hate to see it, Matt. I mean, it's just come on, man. Tim Patrick, I mean, again, this guy's not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought when he played, I thought he played pretty decent football. I thought he was a, a very good rotational piece for Denver and uh, somebody that they could have used a, as a great flanker wide receiver uh, there in Denver. And, and there was, you know, some optimism that he would be, you know, a starting wide receiver in three wide receiver sets at times, you know? Yeah, I've always like laughed at the Tim Patrick thing because uh, he seems to be like the best receiver to ever play, according to a bunch of Broncos beat writers. <laughs> um, but that's not to take away from anything that this guy's like a, uh, a true underdog, you know, where he's, he's yeah. risen up the ranks to be, I, I agree with you, not a, an elite guy or a number one receiver or anything, but he is like a, a solid starter, right? Like a rotational yep. player, good hands, you know? Um, so I, I think it's a loss for Denver and, and I do think one of the reasons I've been really skeptical about Judy and fantasy this year is, you know, obviously I've got my questions about his, his skill set. We know he's like a solid man coverage beating route runner, but is he consistent enough to be uh, a good player against zone coverage? Is he a consistent enough route runner overall to be like a true number one receiver? We have our doubts about that from a reception perception angle, but also I think this, if Judy's not an elite target commanding alpha receiver, it's going to be tough, I think, to stand out in this crowded room. But now it's just going to become a little less crowded with Patrick out because, you know, yeah. Cortland Sutton, again, probably like an average starting X receiver. Um, I think he can run some slant routes and run uh, some, you know, crossing routes and stuff like that. But he's not really a vertical threat. Is this going to open up the door for Marvin Mims uh, yes. to be like oh, yeah. the vertical slot receiver on this team? You know, we're talking about like underrated rookie profiles later he's somebody yeah. to really mention too because not only did this um tim patrick thing uh, happen also uh kj hamler was diagnosed with a mild heart irritation today mm. and uh hamler is going to be waived by the broncos but they're planning to like bring him back he's he's going to be sidelined several weeks and he hasn't really stayed healthy at any point throughout his career so you know I, I, they still want to throw to their running backs they still have greg dulcich but this room is getting a lot Less crowded here as yeah, we're as we're, as we're sitting here. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, yeah, I think Marvin Mims, and we're going to get to Marvin Mims um, when we start talking about late round guys in fantasy that I want to target. I think it's wheels up. 
uh, for Marvin Mims. And, um, and yeah, I just absolutely love it. Anyways, but um, he is a rookie, and, and it reminded me, again, he's a, a rookie that I think will have um, a, a lot of leeway now and some runway, I think, to, to really take off in 2023.